centuries, mankind has been fascinated with realms outside of our conscious awareness. Through a series of interviews with practitioners, guest speakers, and experts, Liberate the podcast covers all that and more, from health and holistic healing to the supernatural. We aim to educate, motivate, inspire, and liberate your consciousness. Hi, welcome to another episode of Liberate the Podcast. Today we have happiness expert Lisa with us and she is going to be talking about pretty much everything to do with happiness and happiness coaching is one of her specialties and modalities that she practices helping other people uh, get and achieve and keep and maintain happiness within their life and you know she's went down the rabbit hole of understanding all the scientific uh, principles and dynamics and studies that go around what really makes us happy and what little simple things and big things we can do in our everyday life to achieve a better state of happiness and I I mean what a perfect um, topic with all the conflict that has been going on in the world recently and you know the whole principle of the United States on every dollar bill is life liberty and the pursuit of happiness but a lot of people don't know how do they pursue happiness how do they achieve it and so we have Lisa with us today to talk and share and hopefully give you some tips and tricks and today on you can be a little happier and smilier so Lisa welcome Ah, thanks, Christine. Thanks for having me here. I'm excited. Um, you want to share a little bit about yourself? Sure. I, I mean, I shared a little, but I want you to take it a little dive deeper. Okay, so um, <laughs> I've always been on a, a quest for understanding myself, and I don't know if you call it like spiritual development, personal development, uh, ever since I can remember. It's always been like this pursuit or passion of mine that's been behind the scenes while I've had my professional career. And I remember one day I was taking an NLP course and they had us do this exercise where we had to imagine something, a happy moment or something that you like to do that brought you happiness. And I remember I was sitting there and I felt like such a, I don't know, I I felt like, I don't know if you want to say dork or weirdo, but I couldn't put my finger on anything that actually made me happy. And it made me, it actually made me sad. I was like, what's wrong with me? How come I don't know what makes me happy? And ever since that moment, I started to like think about it. Well, what is it about happiness that kind of evaded me? I was always on the pursuit of, you know, trying to be successful or attaining this goal or attaining that goal. And sometimes um, achieving things or not achieving things and realized that getting what I thought was going to bring me happiness, once I achieved it, it didn't do anything for me. I was like, okay, great, now what? But trying to figure out what happiness is for me has been a a little bit of a journey that I've taken over the last 10 years. And they say sometimes um, the things that you need to experience and learn yourself are the things that you're most able to help other people with. So I've been doing a Last uh, few years, I've been doing extensive research on positive psychology, which is a relatively new aspect of the psychology field, and it's really come into its own over the last 20 years. Um, so give everybody you know, a brief understanding of what is positive psychology. Well, How po- would you describe it? Positive psychology actually looks at the science between, uh, about what makes us happy. And um, Martin Siegel, 
uh, is the founder of positive psychology, and I think it's the University of Pennsylvania he was he worked out of, if I'm not mistaken. But they looked at they did actually did experiments about what makes people happy, uh, what is this thing that evades us, but it, it really is the driving force but behind what everybody wants. If you ask anybody, do they want to be happy? Their answer is always going to be yes. And in fact, we go about trying to achieve happiness from all these outside sources, which is an interesting thing. But according to his research, circumstances are only 10% uh, a factor in our happiness equation. Okay, so what is the other 90%? Okay, so what they found out in their study is they found out that 50% of your happiness comes genetically predispositioned. So you have this set point. So if you're if you're if you're if you're born by uh, <laughs> pessimistic negative parents, you, you might be uh, it's a hard uptime. Yeah. Time. Well, yeah, that but that's 50, that's only fifty percent. You still have some power. Um, but they say no genetically disposition. You have this set point. So there's basically there's things that happen to us that create a temporary um, balloon of happiness. So for an example, you get a raise on your job, or you start a new relationship. Or um, something happens and it, it gives you this temporarily boost in your happiness, right? But eventually that fizzles away. Anywhere between three months to two years. They say like somebody who wins the lottery, two years later they're not any happier they, than they were before they won the lottery. Well, and, less, and within three years they don't even have that money anymore. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, I mean, but sometimes it's not two years or three months. I mean, you talk about like buying a new car and uh, I think what they say is that's only a few so, so many hours 96 hours or a week later mm -hmm. that new car essence is already depleted from somebody mm -hmm. so you know I think that there's a lot of things that are even faster than that yep. but we're giving it the benefit of the doubt three yes. months or two years here yes and so they call that circumstantial circumstances so 10% of your happiness is based off your circumstances and they, they even did extensive studies about people with more money aren't necessarily more happy Mm -hmm. So where that draws the line, and I, I don't want to get too deep into that right now, but where that draws the line is um, sustainability. So if you're struggling to survive, then money makes a big difference in your happiness. But once you're to the point of being sustained where your lifestyle is, you can meet your um, bills and pay things with a, a little bit of ease, then more money doesn't make you more happier. Mm -hmm. So there's that, that line that comes when if you're below trying to struggle and survive, then money does make you happier. But once you're at that point, more money doesn't make you more happier. Gotcha. Okay. So what we're so now we're at what? Sixty percent accounted for. Where's this other forty? So forty percent is how you function in life. Your mindset, your outlook, the way you handle things, it's all controllable. So it's pre that's for you to be able to that's where I come in and help people work is in that 40% is what you can control. And it sounds funny, but the simplest things, uh, like gratitude, being, just bringing your awareness to what you're grateful for, it actually has physical changes in your body. You have better immune system. You have um, lower risk of heart disease. You have less stress and anxiety just from being grateful. So you have an emotional, a physical, and a psychological benefit just from finding three things to be grateful for a day.
Mm. Sounds very simple, but how many people actually practice simple, simple things? Yeah. So there is that gap between knowing what works for, for, your, for yourself and actually applying it. And in, in the application is where that 40% lives. So what I'm hearing is, you know, definitely in that 40%, and I'd say, you know, just I, I, I thought about it, it's just totally a joke. But I mean, it does it does exist, and, you know, for th- some people, but the predisposition or the genetics, well, you know, there's drugs and other things that can know. I mean, <laughs> I mean like antidepressants or whatever. No, I'm just teasing on that. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm you know, definitely for more holistic uh, style. But in this 40% that you're talking about, a lot of these things, from what I'm hearing, is that they can be pretty simple. Yes. They don't have to be this overwhelming. Because a lot of times people say, well, you know, they look at life and they look at where they are now and where they want to be. And they see it as like this huge mountain that they have to climb or this tremendous effort. And a lot of times I think that that's what wears people out or prevents them from even taking the first step, Mm -hmm. you know. And and that in itself is a mindset, right? Because anytime you go hiking, if you look at just the top of the mountain, you probably exhaust yourself. You probably Mm -hmm. wouldn't take that step. But if you're like, I'm just going to be in the moment, I'm going to take one foot at a time before you know it, you're at the top and you're looking down and you say, wow, I yeah. can't believe we got up here in an hour. That was pretty quick. Yeah. And, and that's the, the simplicity of it all. And it's, it's funny because they've done the research that shows just statistically through viable experiments that these simple ways of being that have been, you know, you, you've heard people say grace at dinner time or be kind to one another, think positive. All of these things really do make a difference in your happiness level. Like they have happiness assessments. There's, um, I think it's happiness.org where you can go on and take free um, assessment tests. And you can, it, it is a self-perceived test, but if you test yourself at one period of time and then you go back and test yourself again, and then you can see whether you're um, moving towards being happier or ha- is a life circumstance come up where it's challenging you and it's okay you can see oh okay well this is happening to me so that's understandable but applying some of these very simplistic things can move your curve right back up to being happier what do you think are well i'm listening to you i'm i'm hearing about these you know little simple steps and i want to get into that but first off what do you think are some of taking it from a different perspective the things that most negatively impact someone's emotional state it's what we say to ourselves in our head okay it's our thoughts and um, more than our thoughts it's our beliefs <laughs> and belief belief systems may or may not be true we just believe them so we get beliefs that are passed down to us from other um, people like our parents or upbringing even um, you know, schooling and different associations that you go through as you, you know, go through life. But there are also beliefs that are passed down through your environment and just exposure or your observations of seeing other people. Oh, well, that must be how life is. All relationships are hard work or, you know, you need to work hard in order to be successful or, you know, Blah, 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 blah. Right. And a lot of times we have our own contradictory beliefs. Mm-hmm. Like we believe one, one, oh, 
if I just work hard, I'll achieve this. And then on the other hand, you might believe that you'll never be able to make that happen. So you have a contradictory belief, and then you find yourself in turmoil, um, battling yourself in your head, in your own head. But basically, one of the biggest ways is to pay attention to the thought that triggers the emotion. So anytime you have an emotional response to something, there is a thought or underlying belief that stimulates the emotion that you have attached to it. So you want to think about when you're in a situation where you're feeling less than happy, um, you know, sad, frustrated, angry, hurt, whatever the emotion is that is coming up, you want to look at what did I just say to myself in my head or what what is really bothering me about this situation? Because a lot of times it's not the situation that's an occurrence. It's something that you're um, attaching it to that could be from your past or just some, uh, it could be a deep-seated fear or belief that you have about yourself that gets reinforced through circumstances that occur in your life. Okay. So if one of the biggest, if not the biggest attribute or, or, um, um, what do you, what would you call it? Like the... The, it, the attribute or the way that you think about things, process things, or the, the beliefs or whatever, if, that, if one of the biggest is causes of unhappiness is your thought processes mm-hmm. and your beliefs, um, would then one of the biggest ways to be happy is to have more positive thoughts and beliefs, mm-hmm. right? Is what you're saying. Yes. And so how does somebody get into that pattern or that mindset to have more positive thoughts and beliefs? That's a process. Okay. Um, And depending on where you're going, you have to take it in baby steps. It's kind of like going to the gym. You're not going to be an instant athlete, right? You have to take small steps. You might try it out, and then you're sore. You might get frustrated. But if you keep going, eventually you will achieve a certain goal of fitness that you're looking to get. But it takes practice, right? It takes dedication and practice. And it's the same way with changing your beliefs and your thought patterns. Um, So when you notice a negative thought or belief or something that, triggers an unhappy feeling for yourself, then you would like to say, okay, what do I want to focus on instead? Or what is it that I really want that I'm not getting? And then you can create a belief or mindset that's more in line with that. So for an example, um, thinking that things are going to be hard. Instead, you could create a mindset that when you're enjoying what you're doing, life flows with more ease. So reframing. Reframing. Changing your perspective. Um, reframing is a good way to put it. Uh, or a, pers- a perspective shift. I like to, some people, reframing might be like, what do you mean reframing? But it's kind of like looking at it from a different perspective and a positive perspective. So mindset is one thing, positive outlook is attached to mindset. So it's not a Pollyanna like, oh, everything's rainbow and unicorns, but it is taking that step from, okay, if you have a negative thought or a negative belief, what's something you can buy into that's one step closer to the unicorn or rainbow, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, um, for me, I might feel like, I'm not being all I can be, 
So I embrace just being a little more powerful in my next interaction or my next activity. And so I, I am the possibility of being more powerful or I am expressing and um, cultivating more power. Instead of saying I'm powerful and you don't believe that you're powerful, mm-hmm. you can cultivate a possibility of becoming powerful or you're creating power in your life. Instead of getting into that, uh, those negative tailspins of saying I'm weak or I wasn't strong enough to stand mm-hmm. up to myself or this, this or that, you know, that you're taking it and you're acknowledging where you're at and where you're going. Yes. And then since you brought that up, I want to uh, touch on this, especially, and I'm not going to disregard men in this, but mostly women don't acknowledge themselves for the accomplishments that they do. So one of the practices is to acknowledge yourself for the things that you accomplish. And that's different than gratitude. So actually, okay, I want to lose 20 pounds and be fit and trim. But I accomplished today, I walked around the block. And acknowledge that small accomplishment because those accomplishments will lead you to where you want to get to. But missing the accomplishment, it's hard to, it's easy to beat yourself up. Oh, I didn't get to the gym today. Oh, I'm a loser. I'm, I'm a fat. I'm, a, I'm fat. I'm never going to be. So you get into that. Instead, if you acknowledge yourself for the small step that you did take, there's a feeling of um, fulfillment. And that feeling of fulfillment sparks a little happiness in you. And then that makes it easier to take the step the next day. Mm-hmm. So there's certain activities that I say are bonus. Um, I noticed that you you mentioned hiking. I went hiking today. So one of the ways for, um, one of the happiness secrets or happiness things is connecting and socializing, right? The other one is actually exercising, moving your body. You should move your body and feed your body healthy food. And um, the other one is getting out into nature. So when you go hiking, let's say you go hiking with your friend, right? You are getting like, it's like a threefer. You're getting connection and socializing. You're getting nature and you're getting exercise. So that's like a, when you come back from hiking, don't you feel fantastic? Yeah, absolutely. You feel grounded, you feel clear, Mm -hmm. you feel level-headed and yeah, more positive. Mm -hmm. So those would be the things that um, I'll, I'll, list out a few of the happiness activities that you can start to cultivate in your life right now. Yeah, so, let's hear it. Because I'm sure that all the, all the people listening are like, okay, yeah, this is resonating with me. I, I do get into negative, repetitive thoughts, or I find myself beating myself up, or I notice that I'm more pessimistic or, or uh, hard when situations don't go the way that I wish that they did. And so, you know, those that are listening, which is everybody, I mean, we all go through cycles, no matter whom you are at what point. I mean, I think that it is a little bit of part human nature for us to look at and assess where we were in the past so that we can continue to evolve but there's a point of seeing and understanding and assessing without having to have the negative effects Mm -hmm. on one's mindset life and emotions Mm -hmm. okay so let's go through the easy ones first the first one is gratitude and just when you find three things is the simplest one. Three things a day to be grateful for. No, when does somebody do that? It's just the morning, is midday, is the night, is one of them better than the other? I'd say any time is good. But it's actually really nice at night 
to do an assessment of your day. And in fact, there's a whole bunch of science about the subconscious brain and what happens to you while you sleep. We won't get into that today. But it's a really good time at night to go through and acknowledge the good things that happen. Right? Yeah. Well, I'll say the little things. So this is a little bit of my specialty. But the last thing you do right before you go to sleep is the first thing your brain processes. So if you're if you're finishing on a good, powerful note of enjoyment and gratitude, that's going to get anchored is the first thing that your brain goes through. So it's going to be the strongest impression on you while you sleep. We won't Perfect. get into the rest. Yeah, that, that's well said. <laughs> and there you go. <laughs> the second one um, I like to put in is just an acknowledgement for your own accomplishments. So we all have goals. You know, we have to-do lists. We have actions that we want to get done. And it's important, at, and I would say to do this at, in the evening is a great time, too. You can do it right with your gratitude. So you got your three things you're grateful for, and then think of three things you accomplished for the day. Okay. So accomplishments, acknowledging yourself. Um, the other thing is, <laughs> it sounds very simple, but eating well sleeping and exercising so taking care of yourself self-care is essential so moving your body uh, our bodies are designed to be you know if you have a a job where you're sitting all day it's really important to have some motion movement of your body and eating well uh, fuels your body it helps your mind your and anything that helps your body and your mind has an effect on your emotions there's a direct link the mind body spirit link is everywhere so eating well sleeping making sure that you get adequate sleep and exercising that we're going to lump that into self-care another um another one we talked about is connection and socializing so it's interesting that we're in this modern age of technology where it seems like we're getting less and less we're connected electronically but we're less connected physically mm -hmm. and um there is a deep longing for meaningful connection and we're meant we're meant to be social beings we're meant to connect on a deep and profound level so hanging out with your friends spending time with people you love and enjoy is very important and uh, connection and socializing so that should be another thing that you put on your list to do uh, the let me think I'm trying to go over my list in my head uh, actually this one's so very simple just smile more hmm. and why why because there we go my it's a mind-body connection the actually the when you uh, smile the the muscles and the nerves that has an effect on your on your brain and your emotional well-being so even if you you heard the term fake it till you make it so go out there and even if you don't feel like smiling, if you smile, your your whole being will shift. Yeah. It's an energetic shift. It's a emotional shift. It's really powerful. And, and your your neurons and your neurological connection is is dual wired. Mm -hmm. So it's not it's the chicken before the egg, the egg before the chicken. They both have an effect. And so, you know, if you're happy, you can't help but to smile. But if you smile, it starts to produce dopamine and serotonin yeah. and, you're, and you start to feel a little leany. So talking about dopamine and serotonin, which is a chemical release in the body, which is physiological, right? Um, I, after doing all my research, I realized that 
hugging, okay? But you can't just hug like normal. You have to hold a hug for at least six to 10 seconds. It's enough time to register the release of those ser the serotonin, the dopamine into your system, which causes a flush of a happiness, well-being feeling inside of you. So one of the practices I tell people, um, if you want a happiness practice, hug one person a day and hold, hold the hug for at least six to 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. So that's a good one. Um, but so we gotta, we gotta have you smiling more, hugging more, mm -hmm. out there being connected with nature. Having, oh, nature, we didn't talk about nature yet, oh, well, but nature's wait, another well, one. Well, <laughs> I, I, I was thinking about the hiking example that you gave, but uh, going and spending time and socializing and just having a fun, good conversation with Meaningful a friend. Meaningful connection, yeah. You know, and so I mean, these things don't seem like they're oh my God, twist my arm, I, it's so difficult to do, you know, that, uh, no. you know, I'm in this torture camp of trying to change. <laughs> it's, it seems like these are things that I think we all want to experience a little bit more of in life yeah. that are pretty effortless when you really yeah. think about it. Saying three things, you're not saying 30 things that you're grateful for at the end of the mm -hmm. day, it's saying three. Yeah, that's it. And the gratefulness practice and the acknowledgement practices are shifts in your perspective. It changes the way you look at your life, okay? It changes the story that you tell yourself. And we tell ourselves stories that become our beliefs, and then your beliefs become your experience of what life really is. So if you're telling yourself a more positive story about what you're grateful for and what you accomplished today, then you're not a loser with a bad life, right? Then you're somebody who has like a pretty good life and you did some good stuff today. Um, one of the other big things uh, in is being of service or just being kind. Mm -hmm. So I also like to assign people kindness challenges, like paying it forward. Just go out and arbitrarily pay for someone else or hold a door open for somebody. The more kind you are, the more service that you provide for others, it actually fuels you mm -hmm. and it makes you feel good. And it's funny because it's a win-win. When you do something kind for somebody else, you change their day, but you also change your day. Mm -hmm. And then that person that you change their day, they're going to feel a little bit better, and then they'll go out and change somebody else's day. So it's kind of like this really cool seed that goes from one person to the other person, and we really can affect each other. Yeah. It's like the saying that uh, one of my masters always says, it's in giving that we will, re it is in giving that we receive. Mm -hmm. And so that we receive actually by giving. And so, you know, the more that we do give and connect and share and be a part. And I mean, I think that that feeds into the connectivity that you were saying for about meaningful communication and socialization. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that in that experience of giving or helping another person or organization or situation or whatever the case may be, you're activating your heart chakra and their heart chakra. And even if it's in silence, you're connecting on a deeper, more profound way. I mean, if it, even if you're just holding the door open to somebody and they smile and they say, thank you, you connected with them deeper than if you just walked by them or even if you said good morning to them, it's, it's not the same kind of connection. And in that moment, you feel like you're a part of something bigger. Yes. That's beautiful. That's great. Let's see. Um, what else can I give you guys? Um, believe it or not, this is the interesting piece of happiness is meaning and purpose. If, if okay. you feel like you don't have 
some kind of passion or purpose or meaning in your life. It's funny because here's an example from, from me. I sold my business two, two, over two years ago. And I thought that kind of doing nothing <laughs> would be like the dream. Like being semi-retired. Like feeling, oh, I could do whatever I want during the day. But you know what I ended up feeling is I actually got into a slight bit of depression and sadness. And what I attributed that to or kind of did the work behind was that I didn't feel like I was contributing or had meaning in my life. I didn't feel like I served a purpose. And sometimes even if you just have a simplistic job and you go in and you do your best and you're contributing something of who you are and being of service in some way with... uh, it gives you a meaning, and that meaning is enough to keep going. Uh, there is, there is a, a, the retirement at 65, this is like a deep story, but I, we'll touch on it just briefly. It actually was, it, in Germany, was created as a way to provide jobs for younger people. They came up with m- retiring people at 65 so that the younger generation would have jobs because there just wasn't enough jobs. So it wasn't really like, I I don't know what we think retirement is, but it was like a forced thing. It was a means to an end. It wasn't really like, oh, at 65, you just stop working. But they do a study, and once people retire, they decline hugely. There's like, um, there was a, a, a case study about a gentleman who was a school counselor, and he he retired and he loved his job and within a year he died it's when you take the meaning and purpose out of people's lives there's nothing left there's no that that willpower that what gets you up in the morning what's your why you know like and if it's and that that touches on a big aspect of being of service and and providing that that help or assistance to others is that even if it is you know, whatever that job is. And in his case, it was a school counselor. But I mean, even if it's, you know, anything that's not as um, emotionally impactful as far as what you can Mm -hmm. see or, or, uh, uh, you know, that type of job you can say is automatically a healing job. But I mean, there's no matter what somebody does, even if they're, you know, a garbage man or this or Mm -hmm. that or whatever the case may be, that they're providing value, they're being of service, everything, every, no matter what you do, if you were working, doing anything, you're providing value and of service, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. how you perceive it. Yeah, you can yep. be a dishwasher, a garbage yep. man, you can be a governor, you can be a teacher, you can be, you know, a bank teller. It doesn't matter. Yep. Everything is providing some value or service. That's what the whole mechanism yep. of work is. Well, even to take a different layer of that, um, there's time and time again this happens. Like when an older couple in their 70s or 80s when one spouse dies the other one usually dies within a year and they they say they die of a broken heart but to them that person could have been their meaning and reason for living you know their connection there so it's so important to have some something that drives you other than just a paycheck or to have a meaning and a purpose in life it's important for everybody to feel like you you matter yeah, and and to find on, like you know, in that I want to I want to stress is that you some of you might be saying, oh, that means that I need to shift 
careers or jobs right away. It's just about, it's sometimes it's just a paradigm shift of a different outlook. Yeah, maybe you want to get and do something that you've, you're really passionate about and start stepping into that creative power or that more alignment in your true soul. But even in the moment now while you're making that adjustment, because some things take time, right? Maybe that involves going back to school or studying this and going, you know, maybe if somebody's like really passionate about law and 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 they want to change some of the laws that we live by or whatever. Well, they have to go to law in law school. Well, that's three years, you know. Like, and there's there's a time delay on that, but it doesn't mean that in the now you can't find the meaning and the purpose and the direction mm-hmm. in your current position, even if you're scooping ice cream. You scoop an ice cream or barista. If you want to be love and kindness and and gifting to community, you can do that in whatever job you do, but it's having a feeling of contributing and being of service and having meaning and some place to show up every day. It feels good when you come home and you feel like you did something that mattered. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And that was one thing that I learned the hard way, actually. I, you know, sometimes when you think you want something and then you get it and you realize that that's not really what you 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 needed or you wanted because you're still missing something that's why the 10 percent of circumstance is only 10 percent of your happiness pie 40 percent is all the stuff we're talking about now great one of the other characteristics about happiness is resilience okay so describe that a little bit for okay resilience is your way okay life is going to happen okay challenges I like to call them challenges, but sometimes, here, can I say shit happens? (laughs) Shit sometimes happens, okay? (laughs) That's the last time I'll say that, by the way. But we have things that happen in life, right? You have, you get divorced, you get an illness, you um, have to move, you lose a job. There's all kinds of challenges that come our way in life. But what makes somebody get through the challenge with less scarring versus somebody who, like, loses it during the challenge is your ability to be resilient. And resilience is looking for the lesson, right? Trying to see the good in it. Um, Opening up to opportunities that show up. And knowing that it's not nothing's ever permanent there's always cycles in life and things will come and go but it's how you handle life adversities and the people who handle them better are more resilient it's your ability to bounce back when life throws you a curveball and the more that you go through the more that you see that you can make it through these challenges the the more um, resilient you become and the more your happiness factor goes up because life is not always going to be unicorns and rainbows, right? Life does serve us a lot of challenges, and it's the way we handle our challenges and how we move through them is how what determines our, our state of mind and our well-being during those those times. That's great. So what I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that everybody's getting out of this is that there's a lot of control within you to shift and change your perspective, uh, your perception, and your your views on anything in your life Mm -hmm. and so it doesn't matter where you're currently at it's about knowing that you can be where you want to be at 
Right. Right. And that, yes, some of the stuff, like Lisa's saying, you know, takes a little bit of time, mm-hmm. takes a little bit of effort. You know, you give that analogy about fitness and stuff that you just got to show up and day after day and pretty soon before you know it, you're you're healthier, you're, you're fitter, you can, you know, run further or lift more or whatever. It may be the wages, you're thinner on the scale or whatever the case may be. But in this, it's like you're training yourself. And so what is the benefit about w- with working with somebody like you? Um, when you work with me, so here's the thing, different things make different people happy, right? People have different value systems. We all have things that we value. Some things that are valuable to you are not valuable to me. So with me, what I do is I help you discover the, your value, your core values, and then we work to establish um, ways in which we can cultivate more well-being. In fact, uh, happiness has been associated with well-being, being mm-hmm. happy, being well, being more fulfilled, feeling a sense of more success. And success is something that's very, um, it's determined by you. You say what success is, right? What success is to me is different than what it is to you. So working with, with me is you have an accountability, you have support, you have someone who listens between the words, right? Because a lot of times um, we've all had the experience where you can look at someone, you could see what's going on with them, but yet we miss what's going on with ourselves. So it's just having that ability to reflect back to you what's what you already have. Um, I don't do anything special other than be the space for greatness to show up in your life and then give you the tools to bring that greatness out in yourself and bring that happiness out in you and really find ways to fulfill what you're, what's of value to you, uh, work with you to achieve practices. And I like, like you, you use the fitness analogy. If somebody went to the gym, right, and got to a fitness goal and they stopped working out, what would happen? A practice is something you do consistently for the rest of your life. You don't just stop working out when you get fit, right? Mm-hmm. So this is about teaching you practices that you can make yours for the rest of your life. In fact, if I have a client that in, after three months of working with me never sees me again, then I did my job. That's great. We have to say that, you know, uh, Lisa, you're being, you know, very humble and nice and generous within it, in your description. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna like kind of boost you up a little bit here, okay? okay. <laughs> every, um, you know, I think every person that has achieved greatness has a coach that's beside them, right? And so, you know, you have Tiger Woods doesn't have one coach, but I believe he has like five coaches. Mm -hmm. He has, you know, the putter coach and this coach and that coach and the driver coach or whatever the case may be. I mean, I'm not a golfer, but I know that he has these different coaches. And it's not even that they can play the game better than him. It's that they can see things that he can't see from a different perspective. And that's the benefit of working with somebody outside of you that is working with you and supporting you in achieving your aim. 
you know and and so you know working with somebody like yeah okay you can you can go to the gym and get really fit on your own but the benefit of working with a personal trainer is they see where maybe you're not holding the weights in the correct position maybe you can get there faster maybe Mm -hmm. they push you a little further than you would maybe they give you some techniques and some different things from the things that they see from that outside looking at you Mm -hmm. in a whole 360 viewpoint right Mm -hmm. and that's the way that a coach can really kind of get somebody to the next place it's about getting them faster there yes it's about allowing them to see the things that they're not seeing and as you so eloquently said is in between the lines what are the things that they're not saying what are the things that you're picking up with that you could really help push them forward mm-hmm. yes thank you <laughs> very well said <laughs> perfect lisa is there is there any bit of wisdom or i always like to finish off with a bit of wisdom a bit of guidance or any last thoughts that you would like to leave the listeners with well, there, there is a quote, and I don't know who this is by, but knowing is not enough. Uh, how does it go? Knowing is not enough. You have to do. Being is not uh, Doing is not enough. You have to be. I think that's how it goes. All right. <laughs> so, so we're the, 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 okay, let's, let's try this one more time. Okay. <laughs> See, I'm human, too. <laughs> uh. Oh, humor is one of those. Uh, things. If you can learn to laugh and laugh at yourself and I laugh at life and situations, it actually helps to shift your energy and your perspective really fast. So humor is one of the other <laughs> little happiness techniques that you can apply. So learning to laugh at yourself and not take things too serious. I love that. And mm-hmm. I love all the little techniques and the different pointers that you've given people to see that this can be a very simplistic, yeah, maybe it's not, you know, some people, they might change certain things overnight, but some things it might be a process and that's okay. And being okay with the shifting and changing and you, you know, you spend how many years of your life being exactly where you're at now, give it a little bit of of, of time to get where you want to go, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, we're... Uh, if people want to contact you, find out more information about working with you or learning more, uh, where can they find you? It's lisa-hall, H-A-L-L dot com. And um, I don't know if I can do a plug, but I'm actually working on a happiness journal. Uh, it's a coaching workbook. It takes you on a 12-week journey of becoming happier. And that's going to be released. My anticipated release will be March 1st. And it should be on Amazon. Okay, great. So look for that on Amazon. If you have any questions, I'm sure you can email her um, on on lisa-hall.com and uh, send her an email on there and get a hold of her. Ask her any other questions or about working with her or any other things that you have on this podcast. Thank you everyone for joining uh as always uh, you know if you enjoyed this please 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 just uh leave some feedback and a review um you know it takes just a couple seconds maybe a little sentence five stars up you know that's a, that's great <laughs> um, and uh it just helps other people find find us and you know we have lots of amazing podcasts out there and want to keep on providing and sharing this uh information with as many people as possible so the more that we can have uh, positive reviews and feedback the better we come up and search results on itunes and other podcasts thank you so much for joining us